Okay, you ready? Yeah, oh yeah, I'm ready. All right, welcome to Hardcover Hooligans. (laughs) I am finding it incredibly hard to muster up any sort of enthusiasm. But here, I'll I'll ask my little question that I wrote ahead of time. Yeah, yeah, please. I don't know about you. But I feel tremendous longing to just get stabbed by a mist spirit. And don't don't save me though. Just no, just leave me to die, me. so I don't have to reread another one of these books. <laughs> well, I got bad news for you. <laughs> there is another. There's one. another one. <laughs> I always I want to say the worst is almost over, but I feel like I've said that for every episode, and you have to yeah. get to a certain point where you just have to admit that the books aren't good. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Well, you know the the kicker. I think what really hurt the most is that the it, well, maybe it wasn't the front half. Maybe it really was just part. What did we talk about? Part one and two. The last. Yeah. If you're listening to this, it has been a hilariously long time it, for you. It will not be a long time for us. It has been a long time since we've recorded that previous episode. We'll talk if about I'm not, how long in just a second. Yeah. <laughs> it, 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 if I'm not mistaken, we just read and spoke about the first two parts. Um, which I remember enjoying. I think in the episode, it sounds maybe sounds like I'm coming off pretty negative, but I was having a good time and excited to know what happened next. And that, if it's like a roller coaster, it still goes up a little bit, but the it is like in enormously steep a dive. Like I could not believe how boring <laughs> nothing happens. <laughs> well, I remember you were saying like. And I sort of felt this too. I'm like, okay, the first one, the first book, little rough, you know, maybe not just how I remembered, but like, you know, all the pieces were there. Then this one started. Okay, this feels like a real yeah. book with real characters. Ooh, I want to know what happens. Um, uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> well, you did find out what happens. I have felt like I've been going absolutely crazy. And yeah. I don't know why part of it is i think it feels like i've gaslit myself or like the books have like gaslit me into thinking they were good or i sort of misinterpreted the i'm having fun reading these books but go you know before going to bed versus are they good Uh, yeah and i still also think there's something to the fact that a good twist at the end releases enough dopamine or endorphins in your head to make you forget how like weird and bad other details are. Yeah. That, I mean, that, that certainly like, I, I, I felt that experience in my body and we'll get to it, but there's a, a twist. It's not at the end, but it is in the latter ending of this book. When Vin finds out who the imposter is that I was actually like, Oh shit. Like all of the twists in the books I'm I'm fairly positive I have seen coming or am seeing coming, but that one got me. And I don't know if that's just because I was absolutely like barely paying attention, slogging my way through it. But I remember being like, I mean, it undercuts itself instantly. Like the next <laughs> two pages, he was like, uh, I'm back to being good now. And I was like, okay, whatever. But uh, I didn't see that. That felt good. And I was like, oh, I wonder where it's going to happen from here. But it's like nothing. It's like a grand unveiling of a brick wall that says, fuck you written on it. It's okay, like, so we'll, let's, we'll, We'll talk, oh. we'll talk about this. We'll just talk about this in detail because I think you know what. 
I don't care what happens in this book. I mean, you know, yeah, we, could, yeah. we could go beat by beat, but like, I'm just like, it's just so like tedious and like Ellen's gonna be king and then he's not and then they walk away and then they oh run back and then God. just like oh my I could not believe they left town and turned around in the same 30 pages and then I say- just was like why did we leave <laughs> and then says it was sad and then he's happy and now he's sad again and it's anyway um so the twist Ugh. you're talking about is big subplot of the book is Vin is looking for who the Kandra imposter is yeah Big twist, turns out, it is Vince Kandra or Sur got killed early on and replaced by the imposter Kandra. Great. I think that's a great yeah, twist. Yeah, it's awesome. Especially, you know, considering, like, oh, they had bonded at some point. And, like, especially, like, rereading it, like, knowing that made, I don't want to say made it good, made it something. <laughs> <laughs> made it, like, in made something about a reread interesting. Yeah. I think I think it's a twist where you don't. Uh, there's no way. Normally, I hate this. I, I when like, there's no way to see it coming, because normally it's like the the problem with that Sherlock show. Remember that Sherlock show? Because yeah, yeah. like the BBC one. every mystery would just be solved, and he's like, I talked to my homeless friends, and they figured it out. And it's like, how was I <laughs> supposed to be along for the ride for that at all? But I think this is in the similar vein of that, where there's really no way you could have seen that coming, unless you're just like it by process of elimination. Yeah, but it, it's. I think it's cool because he does something. I can't believe I'm going to say this, but Brandon Sanderson does something interesting in the part where um, Vin like, like mind dominates him for a second. And he doesn't like give the game away that he's like, uh, there's no hint or anything in that moment of him being anything other than Orsor. Mm -hmm. And in fact, they just kind of have this moment where they're like, I'm very sorry. It's a, it's a good moment that I really like. Because I think they were like, they had an actual connection based on like their conversations. Yeah. Again, I mean, Orsor, he really, (laughs) thank God he's got loose lips because the book would have ended way earlier had a, and in a way cooler and better way, meaning that all of the main characters were dead and there wouldn't be a third book if she didn't learn that she could uh, control certain people. But I don't know. I like that twist. I don't know if people out there... I don't know if that's like a, a hot take to say that people like this twist, but I don't, yeah, I don't I think do. so. I think it's a solid... <laughs> there's elements that are cool and or interesting and or solid to make you like, oh, don't look at the rotting foundations of this whole enterprise yeah yeah really i mean the whole book it's it's <laughs> just the whole from the get retroactively it makes me so mad because she hears the thumping in the north the whole book and then suddenly it's she doesn't and she know yeah the, the well of ascension has got to be the stupidest fucking thing or idea in a book ever of all time and I think such a oh. so many problems. I think, especially with characters, is like this is something that Sanderson has said before. Is like the plot outline. Like I think he's good at the plot outline. The issue is once you have a good plot, like there's ultimately characters who have to do that plot, and like it seems like he will stick to whatever his idea of a plot is, no matter what. <laughs> At the yep. cost of logic, characters making sense, 
uh, doing things that you're like, what? Yeah. This is where you run into that because, you know, whether or not you believe him or not, Stephen King, I'm not a huge... I mean, I love The Dark Tower, but there are definitely huge problems with those books too. I'm not a, the biggest King fan in the world, but he's like the exact opposite where it's just, he's the guy who just writes like that's his um, philosophy is he's the writer who just like, Oh, I'll let the characters decide how the story is definitely interesting. If I don't even know what's going to happen and that him and Brandon Sanderson have the exact opposite problem, which is endings. Stephen King endings are the, are just the worst (laughs) almost every single time. Like, it's insane, uh, the batting average for terrible Stephen King endings. At a point where you're looking forward to like, oh, I can't wait to see how this ends poorly. It's just, I don't know, it's part of the allure. And Sanderson is like the opposite, where everything else is so shit, piss ass, uh, terrible, and then interesting things happen at the end. But I don't know if those interesting <laughs> things are good or it's just finally something. I think it's, yeah, it's the interesting thing happens and your brain's like, ooh, and then like you forget, and then you just forget. And then you're like, ooh, I like that book. I want to see what happens. And then you reread it and then you lose your goddamn mind like I have. My favorite line uh, comes in the very end of this book. Uh, hang on, let me try to find it here. I could not believe just how quick they moved past this. Um, she shook her head leaning against the stones of the battlement she could still hear that this is on the last page by the way uh uh that terrible booming voice i am free i'm an allomancer ellen said she nodded mistborn apparently he continued and then vin changes the subject i think we know where they came from the first allomancers i don't who cares you just said oh my god and also like you, you, he ate a Tylenol in a basement, and now he's God. I don't. What is happening, man? And how come it took? How come she couldn't figure out how to blow up the wall when they were looking for it originally? I know, like it was. Oh, they they <laughs> they dug it, but they looked under the stone, but like not far enough, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, what? And that's like that's the other thing too. Like that's a good like theoretically. You're like, ooh, what if it was? You know, the power makes you change landscapes. So this was the mountains and then everyone forgot or no one knew and it was here. Like, that's cool. But like, once you have the cool idea, you have to come up with the, okay, now how do we get here in a way that isn't dumb and makes sense? It's like what we talked about last time about punching the dog. Like, yes, we need Kandra to embody a dog. All right. How do we, do we find a dead dog? No, that wouldn't work. Okay. Someone has to kill a dog, but no one can. So you go through the logistics of like, do you end up with Vin just has to punch a dog dead and then you just move on. Like so much of that, it's just like glossing over it. Yeah, it's a roller coaster ride. And I read, I Googled frantically because, you know, after finishing the first book, which I did not like, but I was not shocked that people enjoy it. Like I was not, this one I am. And, and searched like frantically. I was like, what do people think of this? I was just like Mistborn, uh, Well of Ascension review. Um, and I was on Reddit and somebody said they're like, described it pretty well. I can't remember if they came out positive or negative on the books as a whole, but they were like, these three are like action movies, which I think 
it does not give him a pass. But I, thinking of them like that, I understand. It's just like fast. You're just supposed to keep moving. It's like a Transformers movie. Yeah. Where they're not good, but I mean, there's cool shit happening on the screen. Well, then the issue is like, then you have to have it be an action movie and not when you sl- when you slow down for character moments. Like you have to also be able to write character. If you're, if you're slowing down for them, you should write them. In a way that you're like, what? Huh? And then you lose all, like, connection or, like, empathy for all your characters. This book is just all the Shia LaBeouf parts of the first Transformers movie. It's like, (laughs) why are we not talking about the huge robots? I don't care about any of these people. Which is so frustrating because at the beginning, I really was starting to care about them. (laughs) And then, you know what it is? I feel like the fucking crew, they're more in the latter half of this book, and the crew fucking suck. Yeah. Ham, Breeze, Dachshund, which, thank God, some of them are dead. I was like, (laughs) yeah! That's the thing, that's supposed to be like, oh, they're hard-hitting deaths. No one is like, finally, we're like, calling the crew. I don't have to remember all these names that sound the same. You're like, who's the one? Okay, that's the suave one. That's the one with the spreadsheets. That's the one who's like I know. Rabbit. And then there's that one scene where like Sezed like doesn't or someone like has a long conversation with uh who's the old one? Not Clubs. Ham. Clubs. And I'm like, Jesus Christ, we haven't talked to Clubs. <laughs> You're going to do this now? I don't no one cares about Clubs. It's it's Breeze and Clubs have a like a 13-page conversation about war <laughs> right before <laughs> Clubs dies. And it's like I don't care, man. <laughs> Fuck. It's unbelievable. I I think one of the things that has made me go crazy because of this book, like this is not Brandon Sanderson's first novel. <laughs> this is so this is his third published novel, right? Yeah. He has been very public in talking about before his first novel was published, he had something like six or seven unpublished novels that like I guess weren't ready and he's like bad at revision, he said. Um uh, yeah. Which <laughs> I'm like where's this guy's editor? Like some sentences are like I know we can talk about we're, we're in the current news news cycle where everyone's talking about Brandon Sanderson's prose but like so many things like if you stop for any length of time to think about like oh how would I imagine this or like what does this sound like like you really can't because you're going to drive yourself crazy like I read a line like oh but that would have been a fruitless waste of time like low-hanging fruit for an editor you cut out fruitless or cut out waste of time like that is basic like a line editing and i just don't understand that's that shit is literally everywhere and and but you can read it so fast and like the forward momentum so i want to know what happens i want to know what happens that you just gloss over all of that to try to get like to the end because he's good at building a forward momentum of like oh we don't know what's happening so i'm going to keep reading to find out and you end up reading over just piles and piles of garbage that doesn't make sense and know what no one cares about to get to the little nugget of like oh the twist at the end or like oh the fight scene had a cool detail but like it's you have to like dig so far for like the little nugget that it's like yeah it's not worth it and then you have to talk about it on a podcast and you're like yeah, what I do i i guess that was cool i guess that was cool and like 
you know, if you're writing books or reading books, like you want to, you sort of wanted to say something about the human experience or like this resonated with me and my life emotionally, not just like, oh, I guess that was cool. Oh, that other yeah. thing was cool, you know? And that's, that seems to like the only emotion these books evoke is like, that's cool, I guess. They almost get there at the end, right? So, okay, so I guess another twist. I guess the big twist of the novel is um, just suddenly Vin needs to find the Will of Ascension in the last 60 pages. It was never really important before. She just heard it. Now suddenly it's the most important thing in the world. Whatever. What you'd think would that be part of the, part of the whole book because it's the title of the book, but you know, whatever. Yeah, but it's not. <laughs> uh, so she, she gets there um, and... Okay, so here is my... This is my favorite part of the book, uh, which is uh, Sazed and Tindwil uh, doing the research, and something is, like, ripping part of the paper that they're, like, writing these... Transcribing these sentences mm-hmm. uh, off. It, they're, like, you, they can't read the last sentence, yeah. and it reads... It ends with uh, Elendi... Right? Isn't that his name? Elendi? Yeah. Uh, uh, Alendi must not be allowed to reach the Well of Ascension. Now, I can't remember if characters come to this conclusion or if maybe I just did. No, I think they have a conversation about it where they say, uh, oh, it must say this because that must be the test. You get there and you get great and unbelievable power to change the world, but then you have to give it up and let that power defeat the mists and that's what they didn't do which is true and then it, you kind of get this is a separate point you kind of get muddled with that because then you're like okay then what did Rashik actually do because obviously he did try to stop the deepness and keep the power and it didn't work yeah Be, uh, because he starts freaking out when he's killed at the end of the last book so what did and then he hit it because he didn't want somebody to find it not because he didn't want them to become the next Lord Ruler, but because he didn't want the evil thing to be released. But if you're infinitely powerful, couldn't you just wish for the evil thing not to be there anyway? Okay, so uh, Vin gets the power, obviously, and it's, like, great and awesome. And she interprets this uh, spectral creature that's been following her uh, as, I don't know, the manifestation of good, I guess, somehow. She comes to that conclusion at the end, after all of the terrible things it's been doing the whole time. And it says uh, to not... I'm not even going to talk about the dumb shit that happens with Ellen because it doesn't matter. But <laughs> the she surmises that she needs to give up the power to save the world. And then when she does that, what she really did was unlock the prison of a... She released the deep... Maybe it's not the... I don't know. She released the big final boss. So, okay. I think that that as an idea is, is cool. Well, right? especially like... Yes, like... The fact that it can change letters and written material, like even though it's in prison, like it can do this thing, like, and then it changes the prophecies so that it can like release itself. Like, yes, that is cool shit. And I remember like reading this book and finishing. I'm like, damn, like that's a good like fuck. Now what you know? And then you forget about Zane. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh boy. So that approaches. Okay. So if Vin does give up the power. And then, uh, he, oh, oh, I can't even fucking talk. Brandon Sanderson so desperately wants to say something about prophecy and, like, hubris, but Vin doesn't make the selfish decision at the end and is still punished for it, and that is fine. Like, I'm not saying that that's bad, but there, ha- I feel like there has to be then another thing, and there's not. Well, like, this is the, this is the thing, too, of, like, 
that's a cool thing to happen. And this was part of the reason this was driving me crazy, like in these books. Like, is in this book, like he's in these books, he's so like uninterested with the implications of his own ideas. And like occasionally there'll be a line or a moment. I'm like, wow, because of the situation, that is actually compelling. But it lasts for a sentence and then we move on. You're like, no, you stick with that. Like, that's like the core. Like, maybe it's this moral gray area or like, oh, what does it do to someone that you release this thing into the world and just like you're still punished for doing what you're supposed to do? Like, you know, does that say something about religion? And like, he's a big old Mormon, which we can get to, which my my worldview has shifted a lot since last we spoke about that. Um, where, like, yeah, it deals with, like, religion, but, like, not in a way that matters or says anything. Like, it just is there to be there, you know? I don't care that the whatever this is. I refuse to call it the deepness because that's the stupidest fucking name really of all time. Uh, the big bad. I don't. I don't care that they're released because I have had no connection to it at all this whole time uh it i if it is controlling the mists there's no there just needs to be another bad guy because well i plotted it out and there's three books <laughs> yeah exactly and it's like that there really doesn't the first one was the lord ruler this one was straff the next one's the bis big bad which like she's obviously gonna gonna do it <laughs> so, like i don't well and that's another part too is like it's so you know, people always say, like, you know, his prose and his characters might not be good, and the plotting is pretty good, which, like, out of that, that's half of, that's like three quarters of all writing. But anyway, <laughs> yeah. just grant of that, like, oh, but at least he's good at, like, writing action. And, like, sure, the writing's clear, but, like, I kept going through being like, I don't care about this action scene because I know no one's going to get hurt or be seriously injured, and they're going to have no implications in any way like yeah it might end cool it might not but it's gonna be over and like everything's gonna be the same like i read i read an action scene and at the beginning of it i wrote a little note in the margins like this is probably not gonna have any sort of implications for the rest of the book or any of the characters and then it was literally like three pages of action then like ooh, vin got hurt there was a break and then it talked to like dachshund or someone talking about it and he was like oh she's actually not really hurt that badly and then they just kept moving on i'm like oh my god yeah they do that all the time it's the she you have an invincible main character like quite almost literally she's uber not only is she mistborn but she's like the best most epic most awesome mistborn ever and which is fine if then you have like a like maybe her character is more vulnerable and it's sort of like tries to be that but it just spectacularly fails in such a big way about like oh ellen's using me and he doesn't want to be with me and i can't trust anyone and all that nonsense you know where you're like what is oh my god uh, what do we what do you even talk about i like so what the hell i've i am i've been putting together a thesis <laughs> my thesis statement it might not sound very uh profound but it is brandon sanderson is a mormon <laughs> and i think that explains a lot yeah first of all i would like to say we are coming off of a month of 
there was like some wired article that everyone like got their undies in a bunch over because yeah. it was critical of Brandon Sanderson and maybe it took some pot shots and it was sort of like <laughs> aggro journalism and it was kind of funny to read uh <laughs> but also like kind of genuinely eye opening cuz i think it's i've sort of taken it for granted in my life where like i guess i never put together but like he's very popular around Mormons, which I didn't know that he's like a Mormon yeah, celebrity I didn't, I didn't basically. Know that either. Because I'm like, oh, his books are kind of like critical about religion, right? Because like they talk about like how it's artificially constructed for these things, but like nope, apparently not. And I think I was I've been like diving on Mormon message boards about like what do people actually think about him? And it seems like the the general idea is that like because he's had mainstream success, he's like one thing that like Mormon people feel like is approved because he's still a Mormon and has mainstream success. So like they can still enjoy it, um, which is interesting. Uh, he is, has a large house houses and has made millions of dollars and he still actively tithes to the church of Latter-day Saints, which he gives 10% or more of his money to this church, which I never put together. I didn't really know, but that's just very, um interesting yeah it's bizarre and there's this like reddit ama where somebody calls him out on that and he gives a uh actually you know what fuck it i'll pull it up right now anyone who's aware of brandon sanderson will know about this probably yeah yeah well i think also part of it is like so when he wrote this book the wall of ascension again third published novel as a professional writer ninth or something novel he's written in his life he has grad he has gone to grad school at Brigham and Young University for writing he is 31 years old and I just think to like I go back to like the so uninterested in the implications of his own ideas that I think some of it is that sort of like religious like if you're really into that religious worldview like yeah it is sort of simplified you don't have to just mentioning something as complicated is the same as, you know, delving into the ideas almost. So I have it here. It's really long. Uh, maybe we can put it in like the show notes or something like that. I'll, I'll read some of it here. Uh, it, I'm not going to read the whole thing. I'm going to skip around. But uh, OK, so he, he starts. The, the question asked is, how do you feel about the fact that queer people are treated better in your novels than on the campus you teach at? How do you reconcile donating to a church that promotes purity, culture, homophobia and anti-Semitism with writing books for the general public? Uh, and I, I don't know, I, I was not aware of this uh, anti-Semitism. Uh, it's a Guardian article, Holocaust victims and queen mother posthumously baptized by the... <laughs> oh, my. Uh, I guess Holocaust victims were posthumously baptized uh, by the Mormons. But no, they went back on it and they said, it like, oh, whoops, our bad, you know. Oh, okay. Okay, uh... So he said, thank you for a bold but not insulting phrasing of that question, which I don't know if is a sarcastic for a sentence, but certainly read sarcastic because it is an insulting phrase. Uh, so the church's general stance on LGBTQ people is not where I, as a liberal member of the church, would like it to be. That being said, I have faith in the church. I have had spiritual experiences confirming to me that this is where God wants me and that God is real. There is a passage in the Book of Mormon where someone is asked a question that they cannot answer. 
Their response is just to say, I don't know the meaning of all things, but I know God loves his children. This is my answer in some cases to some of the difficult questions we asked. And I'm going to just read one more paragraph here. That's not to say we shouldn't change or listen. If you look through my own history with LGBTQ people, I needed some education as many did. I still do, honestly. It is a process where we learn from listening and we get better and hopefully become better people, both as a culture and as individuals. If I want an institution or person to change, I personally believe that to ostracize them is not the right move in most cases. This is different from how most people see it, and these people may be right, and I may be wrong. Time will tell. Um, and he goes on, you know, uh, I've, I have I still want to listen better. I've been trying to do so. I teach at BYU and do my best to portray LGBTQ people accurately, lovingly, and respectfully. Um, he, he poses the question, uh, what should I do? I'm paraphrasing here. Quitting the church and BYU over the one thing I don't really get yet in our doctrine, despite my overwhelming belief in all the other aspects, or continuing in my faith and writing books that are read by a lot of people of the LDS church. Okay, so his stance seems to be like, no, it is better to be a part of this problematic institution and try to change it from within than uh, leave it entirely. Um, And sure, but don't give millions of dollars to them. (laughs) Like, I don't... uh... Yeah, there's right. no getting around that just don't give the money then because you don't you're not donating you're not saying like you better stop being uh homophobic and i'll give you 10 million dollars that's not what he's doing he's no, just he's still, tithing he's just still being there like that's the other thing too like you brought up last time how he was there you, you came across some podcast thing and he was like i didn't like rings of power because someone got killed right at the beginning oh it was rogue one or Rogue One. That's right. Yeah, Rogue One. Which is a crazy... Like, sure, you could talk about violence in movies and stuff. But that's, like, a weird reason to have that opinion. Yeah. Similarly, I was listening to, like, a podcast, right? When Rings of Power was coming out. And it was, like, him and his, like, Mormon friend. And he was like, oh, you know what? I was really glad that none of the women were sexualized in this show. Which is, like... I guess that's a good thing, you know? Yeah. Yeah. But, like, because it's this super religious thing, like, you sort of get to the opinion that may seem progressive, but the way you get there is, like, a weird way. Like, are you getting there because, oh, women shouldn't be objectified? Or is that women showing their sexuality you think is sinful and is uncomfortable for you like you end up at the same location at the end but it's how you get there and i read a quote from him too about writing about lgbtq people where he was like oh they exist in the world so i guess i have to write about them in my books which i guess you got there but like that's not why what you're doing is wrong or what the church is doing is wrong, you know? Yeah. Like, it's just such a, like, circuitous weird way. And if you, like, don't have the background that, like, maybe it's coming from this, like, very staunch religious perspective, it might seem like a fine point of view to have, even if, like, you got to it through a weird way because, like, the foundations of it are weird. And I'm not saying they are, but, like, that's just something I've been thinking about with this specifically. No, it's, I mean, it's, it's interesting. I, are there, uh, 
He says he write like are the gay people in these books? I think there's like side care. I think not in these certainly. I, no, I think like Stormlight. Not. There's like there may be some like gay code of characters. I don't even know like to what extent he's successful, right? Well, because there's no there's no like there's no I'm not saying when I say there's no like sex. <laughs> there's no like people don't the, the most they Although ever Finn do and is, Ellen is have, do kiss. technically have sex in this book or like she like yeah, doesn't have a yeah, shirt yeah, on yeah. or something but yeah <laughs> but there's no like the most people seem to do is like kiss and get married <laughs> well and that's why the, like, Which, the action and like the violence feels sanitized and people are like oh wow it's so nice to not have a book that's like not wallowing in dark violence because it feels like everything does like that you know and like oh that's a fine opinion to have and like yeah there shouldn't be some of that in the world but like the fact that he's getting there is because like oh it's not doesn't feel good to think about uncomfy things and read uncomfy things because of your religious worldview like again you got there but like through this weird way you know and I don't and like and I honestly I don't have I haven't thought about this deeply enough to have an opinion of whether or not like is it good is it bad is it still the same opinion or point of view if you get there through different ways my my gut says it may have like the similar effect but like it doesn't feel to me like the same opinion like it may look the same on the outside but the background of it is not the same i don't know what to do with that information but that's just me what i've been thinking about with this it's just i i don't know I feel like people never talk about this when they talk about Brandon Sanderson. I feel like that Wired article may have uh, may have pointed uh, something out that's a little uncomfortable about everybody's favorite author. I mean, okay, I want to get this out of the way. That w- article is insane that they let that be posted. It is so mean. <laughs> it is very mean. I don't, I don't like Brandon Sanderson. Uh, I don't know him, but I know his writing, and I think it's shitty. Uh, but I don't know the guy. Um, but it's just wild to go to somebody's house and then write an <laughs> article and be like, "Damn, this guy fucking sucks," you know. <laughs> and it's not as, it's not like he was mean to me. It's just like he's boring as hell. Man. <laughs> it's crazy. Uh, so you know, I don't know, but there there was such a backlash, like. I, I guess I don't know if I have a favorite author. I, I don't, like, worship an author. Like, I feel like maybe some... It feels very much like how Harry Potter fans, at one point, you know, certainly not anymore, but... I mean, some wackos still do, but, like, idolize... Um, uh, what the hell's that... J.K. Rowling's name? Rowling, <laughs> thank you. Uh, I almost said J.K. Tolkien. Uh, <laughs> J.K. Rowling. <laughs> it feels kind of the, in the same way, like, people worship... Sanderson, like there has not been an author like this. George R. R. Martin, I suppose, but I mean those books come out every millennia. So, but people like be getting excited, like the midnight release of like a book, which does not happen. But these, if they still did, I'm sure they would show up for this kind of thing. Um, but he just like, I, I, I don't know this. It it. it <laughs> That article really feel makes a lot of sense within his like I did not know he was that much of a Mormon. Like I knew he was yeah, a Mormon. Yeah, me too. But I did not know I also did not know he was like that rich. Like I knew he had a very oh, successful Kickstarter, but like he's a wealthy man. Yeah, like powerfully wealthy. Um and you donate so much of that money to the 
Yeah, and people are like, <laughs> it's only ten percent, but also apparently people say like you're really pressured to give more, you know. Uh, and also ten percent of what? Ten million dollars? Do you know how much money that is? <laughs> you fucking idiot. Oh my god. Well, and then there's the then like the counter article came out from the magazine LDS Living. Did you see this? <laughs> So then this, like, That's like awesome. a week after that Wired article, there was this, like, puff piece about Brandon Sanderson in LDS Living. And it You're was posted right. on the... And people were like, finally, good journalism that isn't mean, you know? Thank God. Oh, from the from the organization that he donates millions of dollars to that had yeah. a good interview. And then there were comments about like, are we just going to be uncritical about the fact that he's getting a puff piece in LDS Living, which is Latter-day Saints, the Mormon Church, yeah. their magazine. And like, oh, this is the antidote to the Wired article because this actually shows you how it is. I think that just shows how what a large chunk of his fans, and especially his diehard fans, are Mormons because like the backlash was so strong. Like I don't know yeah. if there's an author if he wrote the way Brandon Sanderson's right and someone says like, "Hey, I think his prose isn't that good." I'd be like, "Yeah, you know, like yeah, hey, you can true. still like it." But there are people like in full on denial about like, "Well, you don't actually." The fact that I understand it the first time perfectly means it's actually good. You know, the fact that it's so simple and on the nose means it's good actually so i don't know what you're talking about you you make such a good point about the maybe his fans are all just mormons because for example i was thinking about i think about philip k dick a lot when this article came out and talking about pros like okay i like philip k dick philip k dick is a just a hilariously problematic uh (laughs) author with the way he writes women and uh minorities and his sentences sucks. Like he's there's a reason he's famous after he's dead, right? He was not a good writer when he was alive. Uh, he was also, uh, by all accounts, absolutely off his rocker. But you know, regardless, when people say that stuff about him, it's like, yeah, th- he's a terrible writer. But the ideas are so compelling. Fucking do Android's Dream of Electric Sheep is Blade Runner. Like, yeah. Oh my, like. Uh, the man in the high castle dude that book fucking sucks but it's so good and so interesting you read the whole thing and you're like nothing is happening but it's just (laughs) compelling but there's no there would never be a part of me like if wired put out an article that like was shitting all over philip k dick there's no way i'm making a youtube video that's like (laughs) what how dare you well i don't know if you saw this but sanderson made a full like public letter i did see he was like stop bullying him It's so weird, man. It's a cult of personality. It's fucking bizarre. I have to say this before I forget. It is a cult of personality, 100%. It's like not even the guy. Like the guy seems like a fine, mild-mannered, like he likes his religion that he grew up in and that has given him his entire life. So like it's not that it's not – it's not like obscene. It's like understandable. But like, you know, his – the art, the works, other than having some cool stuff – aren't particularly interested in any deep or interesting ideas. The prose no. isn't deep or interesting. You know? No. And that's like, that's the guy too, you know? And then there's this crazy cult of personality where it's I know, like, they puff he, him up. It's he like writes about depression. Therefore he's like better than Dostoevsky or something, you know? It's crazy. It's fucking crazy. There's this video. I was curious what people thought because I read the article 
and thought it was hilarious. But I, I, I did not. I was not aware of the backlash because you just sent me an email with the article. <laughs> I think the subject line was <laughs> "You have to read this." <laughs> Half was all capital letters, uh, and so I, I looked it up on YouTube. Um, and like the first video somebody posted, they were like, "I think this article is mean and bad," and I was like, "Yeah." Uh, I agree. Uh, and then, and then, but then they just said the most bizarre thing was next. They were like, I've also been hanging out with Brandon Sanderson and he's a great guy. And I was like, what are you, you're part of the group. No, what? Yeah. If somebody released a, an article on you, obviously I'm going to be mad, but don't act like you're some impartial, like Danilo, if Wired released an article that was like, Danilo fucking sucks. I would make a YouTube video and be like, fuck that guy. But you don't like, don't I'm not gonna pretend like I don't know you, <laughs> right? Like they know. What are you talking? Oh my god! Just take. It's not a big deal. Who cares? Even he was like, I don't care. He's <laughs> so rich and he loves a uh, Zenu or whatever so much, and he's gonna get his own awesome planet with all the. I well, don't that's. Know, I don't think that's not Mormon. And... That's uh. I kept. I kept making, that's Scientology. You're like because I kept mixing them up too because they also have like. W- Mormons also have like weird buildings in the middle of like uh, third world <laughs> countries, you know. <laughs> yeah, and they have an entire like state empire capital. Mor- Mormon is Jesus came to America and like oh, converted right. the Native yeah, Americans, yeah, yeah. like Book of Mormon. <laughs> and I think it's and I think part of this too. I was thinking about this is like the oh they're so nice. What's the problem? You know, like this, the PR around Mormonism is so good. Like when I went to see Book of Mormon, there was like in the program were full page spreads of like, yep, you've seen the musical now, like read the book, trying to convert. They were selling that when I went to see it, they the book was there, trying you to convert the people, book. and like people, oh, they're funny about it, therefore it's not, it's it's not like you know Westboro Baptist Church screaming at people, but like. They're recruiting you into a cult. And like if when you find out that your favorite fantasy author whose books you really connect with is a member of this religious group and espouses its tenets and whose books more and more I read, I'm like, oh, that's kind of weird and quasi-religious and Mormony. Like if you find out like, oh, maybe there is something to this whole Mormonism thing. Like that's the whole reason. That's why they keep him around is because he is great PR for the Church of Latter-day Saints. It makes you think about it. Like, if he released a statement that was anti-Mormon, would you really be hearing about Brandon Sanderson as much as you're hearing about him? Like, would well, he really be... because then his sales would plummet because all his fans are Mormons, and his whole family's Mormon, and he works at a Mormon... Like, he has so much skin in the game. Like, they... He, that's his entire life, you know? Like, to leave that would be tantamount to just losing everything in his life and seeing, like, do, do his children come with him? Does the family come with him? And then to, like, to overlook all of that and be like, well, I think I can just make some change from within. Like, that's not why you're staying, man. No, it's not. And, you know, I... If you're listening to this and you're, like, you're like, well, is, are Christian authors really different? Yes, because uh, you can be like privately Catholic or Christian. Well, Mormonism is Christianity. Well, I know, I know, but I, I mean, I mean, uh, like, let's say if you're a Catholic or like a Lutheran or whatever, you can be like 
not... I, I just want to make this clear, right? Like, okay, so the if you are a Catholic person and you're an author and, and somebody releases, like... If you're if you're Brandon Sanderson and you're Catholic and somebody asks that question, that that queer people are treated better in your novels, then there's no like Brigham Young University equipped. There are Catholic universities, but there's no like yeah. I teach uh, uh, creative writing at the Vatican. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, exactly. Uh, but it's it's like you. I feel like you can understand that if the person you, if a writer was is tithing to the Catholic Church, that is weird. Or, like, donating to, like, anti-abortion groups. Like, if, like, you found out that, like, oh, George R. R. Martin has donated 10% of everything he's got from HBO to, like, pro-life across America. Like, yeah, you change how you think about <laughs> the Song of Ice and Fire, regardless of what's in it, you know? Yeah, and, and like... Catholicism can be what Brandon Sanderson does not do is like argue against the tenets in the Book of Mormon that are homophobic. There are Catholic people who argue against the uh, what is it? Leviticus is the one that's like man whatever, shall yeah. not or sleep even just with like you know the, the fact that the Pope is like now nah, we're like we love him but like yeah gays are so bad <laughs> you know <laughs> yeah. But, like, the difference is, like, a Catholic can be like, no, I I'm interpreting this part differently. Like, they could release the same thing and be like, no, I disagree, I love... And, and not in a, like, a hate the sinner, a hate the sin, love the sinner kind of way, but like a, no, I am not interpreting this the way that the homophobic people interpret it. That is not what Brandon Sanderson is doing. He's just like, I disagree. And then not doing anything about it. Yeah, he's not. He's writing gay people into his books, but it's not like Vin is going to make out with... Name another woman in the whole book. It's Tindwell. not like that's not going to happen. The, the one who was, like, used for, like, crazy birthing projects. And, like, yeah. maybe... And, like, almost maybe has trauma. Like, this was, this, this was crazy. We're going to bring it back into this book. Yes, baby. <laughs> and there was a... a just, like, one line was, like... She was like, I don't really know how I feel about men anymore after this whole thing that happened to me. And I'm like, you think? Like, I don't yeah. really like, huh, I had to like birth 20 people throughout my life to keep my race alive. But like, it's just so uninterested. Like, tell me about that character's like trauma and like all these characters living in this like horrible world, what they've had to go through. And all of them... Even the adults, even the old people, all, like, talk and act like Mormon teenagers. They really do. It's, that's so, they, they're like Brigham Young students. He's writing the students he sees at the school he teaches at. And just aging them up or aging them down as, so I guess there has to be some old people here, but they're not really going to act or talk in any meaningfully different way. It, I, I just don't understand that he doesn't, he's not interested in people. Like, in people. <laughs> Which is so weird to me. He had some, like, as an author. And, like, I guess I understand. I think I went through this, too, like, growing up. Oh, I don't really care about characters. Like, I connect more with, like, plot, you know, and, like, oh, I want to know what happens. But, like, I've outgrown that, you know? Yeah. Where, like, I don't, like, I've read a lot of things that happen. Like, I want to talk about, like, who are these people? Like, I'm more interested in people now. And that's just, like, a yeah. potentially a different, just, like, taste or you're looking for different things but like this this guy was 31 when he wrote this and it's it's just truly 
it, it's like YA fiction trying to punch above its weight, and that punch is embarrassing. It, I don't know. This whole the book is embarrassing to me. It feels really embarrassing. Yeah. <laughs> and if if you like it, whatever. But this one, I find like if you like this book, you gotta we gotta have a conversation, man. Because I don't get it. I can get the first one, but this one is just the pits, man. I don't get it at all. I don't think there are very many people like. That. Oh, that's good. I think it's also like. People who've read it once and who the twists at the end do a lot of heavy lifting. It also feels like this book just ends. Like I couldn't believe it. That's where how it ends. It there's it's just the the bad guy. There's just a new bad guy. Can we also leave? I'm so fucking sick of this city. Can we leave this city? <laughs> no. And I no. know, I know, I know, we're gonna leave this city, and I'm gonna be like, oh my god, just go back to <laughs> Luthadel because whatever it is is just gonna be terrible, but. Oh, what do you hear? They uh, they learn how to can food in the city just down the way. Oh, yep, yeah, yeah. yeah. Then there's a bunch of there's a bunch of canned food down here. Why? Why is there canned food down there? That's the food store. Okay, then how were they? What was he storing the food for? Why did the Lord Ruler need to put a bunch of canned food down there? He's immortal. I think we'll find out about that. I think that's an actual thing we're gonna. And that's the other thing too that's hard to sell on when you're reading the first time. You're like. What is purposely not explained and what's bad and weird? And then I think a lot of people jump through a lot of hoops to be like, well, actually, this character doesn't like, you know, if you grew up in this world, then maybe you would act like this or like, no, let's use Occam's razor here. It's just poor, bad character writing. Like there's some things with Vin about like you can see people be like, well, you know what? If you you don't know about how it'd be like to grow up in that world so like how would you know how to think logically about things you know or something i don't know (laughs) you're not magic how would you make friends it's like what are you talking about man it's just crazy i think there's just so many like going back to the apologetics of like you know if there's a flaw in it therefore i didn't enjoy it or i think it's bad which is kind of like you know religious dogmatist view of looking at fiction like if it has a flaw Therefore, the whole then the whole thing falls apart and none of it was good and I'm wrong and bad. Which is like, that's the whole complex around like religious point of view. And like, and I grew up, I grew up Catholic and went through that whole thing. So like, I sort of know that where it feels like you have to be personally responsible for every inconsistency or else it all falls apart and it's illegitimate oh we're just crazy what is what do you even talk i mean the reason we're talking about all this other shit is because there's nothing fucking here to talk about can we talk i just made a list of like weird oh sure yeah yeah please please (laughs) there's just so many things like he says something that approaches it being interesting and then nothing happens like i remember there was like some conversation with like dachshund where he's like well, you know, if I'm wrong about Ellen, that means I've always been wrong about how I've treated nobles throughout my life, you know? Which, like, that's a big thing to grapple with. And Vin's like, he doesn't seem like himself. And then he says that. And then, I don't know, the next scene he dies? Like, <laughs> like what? Yeah, yeah. I think that is true. The next time you see and he dies. I also didn't think they were dead because their death scenes are just, like, described as, like, and then there was darkness which to me sounds like they get knocked out but then i found out the uh, characters in the book tell me they're dead and i was like oh i didn't realize it at the time because you're too afraid to just tell me they fucking died unless they're not dead oh in which case i'm gonna seriously lose it if i gotta read docs and chapters again man (laughs) holy shit 
I couldn't believe Ham survived. I wanted to put a gun in my fucking mouth. Like, <laughs> holy shit, man. At least he's had the sense to uh, stop talking about weird, bad philosophy takes. Other characters do that now. Yeah, they all do it now. It's their favorite fucking thing. Straff Venture dies in this book. And he gets chopped in half. His horse and him get chopped in half, like Kong Kong action movie style. It's crazy. It's crazy with like a with like a giant sword or something. Like that's like yeah. that's like anime shit. Yeah, it really is. Which I thought was fucking sweet. I thought that was yeah, actually exactly. awesome. Like there's like the little <laughs> details, and then it's all like, oh, you we have to tap dance around. They have sex. Like you just cut a man in half with a sword. Like I don't understand. Wait, when did they have? Oh, it's is it when they like it's come like in to the tent? Like, That's why they had to leave. they left the town and they're like, oh, and then like Spook comes in. It was like, oh, he's oh, you're embarrassed. so right. I know. Oh my Blink god, and you I didn't even it. think about that. It's because they're married. After Sazed married them, <laughs> you're so right. It's, it's because they oh, got that's married. Awesome. First. That's so funny. Well, and then like Sazed was all like. Ah, uh, which religion do you want to be married under? He's like, what about this one? The quick one. And like, like, quick one. oh yes. Yeah. So he's like, but they know of no divorce in their culture. And like, that's fine. That's fine. Yeah, I, I'm yeah. like, Jesus Christ! Like, I know. talk about weird yeah, Mormon stuff coming. That was very weird. Speaking of religion, just a part of in this, I really actually do like. I know we were just shitting on uh, clubs and says it before, but I do actually like clubs and says it's conversation about religion and. Uh, Sazed suggests the one that's all about art and friendship to clubs, and that's the one he actually likes. Uh, and then when clubs dies, Sazed sees like the symbol of that religion around his neck. I-, I thought that was a powerful. I was like, oh shit! I was like, it-, it would be way better if I gave a fuck about clubs at all. But that's a nice <laughs> or moment. Worked on a little bit, yeah. And that's the thing too that's so frustrating is like so many little pieces are there, and like that in the hands of. <laughs> better writer like it could be really good like have this magic system you have this world like after their god dies who runs the whole world like they have to figure out like their own meaning and government in the world and like it's a cool idea how a a human group functions on this planet without the thing that's been holding them together for a thousand years like that's cool too bad it's like so boring (laughs) Like it's like you you tell that to someone, and you're like then there's all these religions, and they each try different ones, and like that sounds cool until you read it in this book. Yeah, it's fucking oh man. Uh, I think it's weird that Alrian is 18. Yeah, and Breeze is how old? Like 40 or something. And then this is the other thing too. Like there's so many things that are weird. But then, like, people can come up and be like, well, technically, this line says this. Like, I'm not, I don't, like, it's still weird. I don't like, care. Like, the fact yeah. that the text contradicts it. Like, yes, she is 18. Oh, yes, technically, she was the one who was, like. Yeah, she's the one tricking, tricking him. him. Still weird, man. Like, she's I don't still know. 18. Like, just because you yeah. subvert it, it's still kind of weird. Yeah, what a useless character. Unless she comes into some, you can cut all of the set and. Uh, Orion stuff out of this book and barely anything changes. Like, there's no... Like, the literally all of, like, King Elland being excommunicated... None of that needs to happen and this book doesn't change at all because they still attack the city. <laughs> it doesn't matter. Happens. It literally doesn't matter. And then he becomes the emperor at the end, which, which just happens. Vin is like, I think I did something bad. <laughs> I made you emperor. I was like, what? What do you mean you did that? Is there an assembly? So did you cringe. get rid of that? 
And he's like, that's fine. Like, do you not know what the difference between a monarchy and an empire is, you fucking imbecile? What do you mean that's fine? You have to rewrite all your shit because you wrote it about a monarchy. It's a different thing now. That's fine. I'll take it. So long as I, we can have sex, I, le- <laughs> I learned my lesson. Ugh. I gave the people too much control. <laughs> yeah, what a terrible... Yeah, I couldn't believe it. Democracy really kicked my fucking ass, so no more of that. Well, and then so much of, like, the apolo- the apologetics could be like, well, you know, maybe the reason they all act like teenagers is because their whole society was, like, under this father figure for a thousand years, which, like, sure, but then, like, write it like that. You know, like, there's no, right, yeah, there's exactly. no clues that, like, that is on purpose or actually happening. That's just, it seems bad and weird. <laughs> yeah, we have to write it off because of this. It's like, listen, I love Star Wars to death. That's the same shit, man. It's like, this doesn't make any sense. And you're like, well, actually, in the Marvel comic, it, it, <laughs> it explains that. It's like, okay, shut the fuck up. Because that is not what they did when they made this originally. Well, I, I was, well, part, there is uh, one spot specifically where, like, Vin, like, decapitates a man with her head in a yeah. room and like the blood gets all over Ellen and he's like very deeply disturbed which like potentially interesting character stuff and then I think I finished reading that and I'm like why would he have any issue with violence he's been going to like the executions of the Lord Ruler for like his entire life so he's seen lots of blood and death so why would that be such a big issue and then literally the next chapter there's a one liner about like Ellen is like, well, you know, I'd seen a lot of, you know, death and executions. Yeah, yeah. So, like, so then why was that moment in there at all? Like, see, that's the thing. It doesn't make any sense. And that's contradicted by one line, but also explained away, like, the inconsistencies. So it's so weird. I think weird. he's trying to, to, I think that that part is him trying to, Ellen, like, lying. But that is never followed up on again. And then suddenly he's okay with decapitating people himself. So then he wasn't lying to Vin. He really is okay with the violence. So then why have it originally that he wasn't okay with the violence? Like, there is, there are parts in the book where when that conversation is happening, Ellen is, like, in his mind is, like, aware that maybe he's not being totally honest about, like, being comfortable being that yeah, but close to thing, violence. But here's you have to write that. When you, put, when you put together your set of books where literally everything is on the page. That's the other thing, too. Like, these books teach you that, like, oh, I don't have to think. Because I will be literally told every little beat of everything and the subtext of everything that's happening. So then you're not looking for any subtext. So then when and if he starts relying on subtext, like you don't know. And it just seems weird. Like, is he relying on subtext or is it bad writing? Like, I don't know. Right. You're training me to read this a certain way. You can't then change a certain way and then be like, God, I'm such a master writer. You never saw that coming. (laughs) It's like, no, you just treated me like an idiot and then suddenly weren't. And I didn't know. Can we talk about one? Oh, no, wait, before we get to that. Uh, There was a second dog carcass that appeared all of a sudden. And I was like, oh, we didn't get to see who killed the second dog. Darn it. Yeah, I know. (laughs) Vin does it in her sleep. She can't stop <laughs> punching dogs in the head so hard they die. Well, there was, I think there was one point like in the scene before where they're looking for like a new body for him. And Vin's like, hey, maybe we could get him a criminal. Like, yeah, could, yeah. like talk about like weird, like conservative, like criminals yeah. uh, have forfeited their <laughs> right to life. You know, like that's like, are we just going to gloss over that? Jesus Christ. Yeah, it was, yeah. I remember, yeah, yeah, I felt the same way. It's so weird. Like, because what kind of a society is this? Are they reformed or do they have public hangings for criminals still? I don't know. (laughs) 
or are there laws that some 20 year old kid wrote you know like, um, well yeah the laws are uh if 15 of you don't like me i can't be king anymore <laughs> that's the one law of the whole city I, there's another such a weird part it's with zane and like the whole end part where like I, I think I read it and like, you know, just so much happens, just so much crazy stuff happens. And I put it down and then like several hours later when I was going to bed at night, I was like, wait a second. What the fuck? That's, That's awesome. so strange. It was when Zane was like trying to kill Vin right at the end and he like kisses yeah. her and then he yeah, like weird. cuts her boob with a knife. Do you remember this? Yeah. He stabs her boob. Yeah. yeah. And then later, when Straff oh, yeah, is about to that. die, oh, you're so right. Straff is about to die. the The woman comes back, and like yeah. she gets like a peek at her boob and sees a cut, and then that's what tells him that he's with she was with Zane, and that's how yeah. we're supposed to like put it together. I'm like, why is there like this weird like cutting women's breasts? communication going on like it's just so weird man i guess it didn't even it just washed over me in a haze the first time exactly and like that just so like punching the dog like we need a dog like okay we need some way that straff knows that his his, like serving girl has actually been with zane and so i don't know he likes to cut boobs i don't it's so weird and and straff knows about it and sees it like yeah that's zane Fuck. Yeah, that's classic Zane. <laughs> Fuck you, Zane. That's Danilo. I think you've stumbled upon what we will be using as the literary adjective for describing <laughs> this shit that doesn't make punching the dog. I think that's punching so, the dog. This is just punching the dog. I think that's awesome. It's a little more PG right, than that, cutting the boob. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> slicing the boob. The I the yeah. So let's talk about Zane, huh? Because uh, he's in this book. Zane. Uh, is is revealed at the end that it was he was being manipulated the whole time by the whatever evil Something's controlling guy him. yeah because he has like a he has a he also has a spike in his chest right yeah which like a like a steel minister so he's he's some puppet of the what I I could be wrong but what I had assumed was the evil guy from the end of the book sure I think that's a safe assumption the okay so so then what okay <laughs> so. What is Zane's purpose? If the god, if the god controls Zane, or or maybe doesn't, how about you change your approach instead of being like, okay, so the hero of of, of ages is not real, or at least that is what we as the reader are led to think at the end of this book, mm-hmm. uh, that it's like a myth, it's a prophecy, create created by this evil force to try to free itself. Very cool idea, by the way. Until, then why doesn't it just say Zane is the guy and point him to the direction? Why do you need Vin in there to begin with at all? Yeah, it gets very, um... Unless there's some bullshit reason. It'll be interesting looking back on all this stuff uh, after we know more about what's going on with this big bad thing. I'm not saying it's good, but I'm saying, like... There's stuff there. And that's the thing is where you don't know if am I missing something? Is it bad or will it be explained? And like you don't know. And I don't I almost don't care. Like 
the only thing I was holding on to was like the plot sections, but now that it's just like the good guys versus the evil guy, now I really don't care. Like I super don't care now. Cause it's it's exhausting to try to have to parse through it. It'd be like, okay, here's a character, and like in order to find out what happens, we have to sit through their like weird moping and like is this good? Is this something I'm gonna find out about later? And then so you have you end up putting it all in one bucket. You know, it's like, okay, this may not make sense and it's weird, but it will all be explained later. And then some of it was just bad and you forget about it. And the stuff that is going to be explained later is explained later. And so you remember that and you have your little rush of endorphins and you're like, wow, that was a good reading experience. The, the Zane is the, is a pointless addition. Uh, unless um, in this book, I mean, he does nothing in this book. I, I, if he comes back later and does something cool, whatever. No, he's, he's, uh, he's, Spoiler alert, he's gone. <laughs> he doesn't do anything in this book worth of note and is only there to artificially induce tension between Vin and Ellen. Which doesn't work because you know that it's not going to because nothing in these books has ever led you to believe that there's any stakes to anything that happens. It's just so weird, this love. It's crazy that Zane looks just like Ellen. It's hilarious to me that that's... <laughs> like, I can already picture, like, in the eventual movie, which I'll be there the night of... <laughs> I'll see it eight million times. I can't wait. The It's going to be the same actor, right? Uh, playing <laughs> Zane. Because oh, it, has it should to be. be. And it just like an eye patch, or like, or like the reverse. Emo hair. It'll be like the reverse emo hair. camera. <laughs> yeah, emo hair. Uh... Man, I just have nothing to say about Zane. What a sh- shitty character. Well, that's so, <laughs> what a so much character. of this, too, is, like, you know, it feels like wasted potential. Because, like, we've been talking about, like, there's interesting little nuggets. There's interesting little things. And, like, you know, I see a world where a love triangle between Ellen, Zane, and Vin works. It's not this universe, unfortunately. Nope really not this universe we're a couple universes from the one where it works but like (laughs) that could possibly be a compelling thing to happen to vin as a character but we know that nothing compelling ever happens to these characters because they're not people it's very twilight in its approach and twilight is uh, better spoiler alert is better (laughs) than this uh but it's it's Twilight in its approach of this love triangle where, like, there is an A plot. Like, the bad guys are out there. And the B plot is the love triangle. Or is it maybe reversed? Twilight does the same thing, right? Like, obviously, to the reader in the moment, it's more important the love triangle. But in the fate of the world, the bad guy killing the world is more important. But the difference is that that there's, like, there is a question in Twilight of who is she going to end up with? Like, there, there there, are cases for both sides, and there's just not... He's <laughs> no. the bad guy. He's just not going to do it. And the, she was like... And, like, it's just so artificially, like, they were on the edge of, like, running away together before he's like... She's like, no, I'm going to stay with Ellen. We're like, really? Uh, yeah? Go, great. All right. Glad you came to that conclusion yourself. And she just burst into his room and is like, we're going to get married now. And it's like, what? It says it is even like, I don't know if this is a good idea. And I agree. <laughs> well, it's a weird thing of like, you. they were almost married. They were married the second they met. You know, just yes. like the way it was written. And so to in, try to inject all this artificial, especially it's been a year. 
Like this book is a year after they met. So they've been ostensibly talking to each other for a year. It's just not <laughs> how people work. But like a year has to have passed in order for the plot to happen. So like, I guess that's what's happened, you know? Yeah, and they know nothing. A year has passed, and I guess they don't know anything about each other. They still. haven't. They, they still don't haven't ever talked. talk about anything. <laughs> There's no like a year. Like the book, book one ended. <laughs> then everyone just kind of stood in place for a year, <laughs> and then the next book started. <laughs> that is really what it feels like, and you know, at least there's no fucking tutorials in this one, man. Yeah, that's true. There's no there's no le- lessons on how to use magic. There are repeats, like, they talk about Credit Shaw in the last 100 pages of this book as if we've never heard of it before, and it's like, <laughs> who is starting Mistborn on this page? You know, like, what the, why is this here? We, I know what it is, it's where the bad guy's from. And also, they were there earlier. Or, or maybe they did that, I feel like they mentioned it earlier. Well, and they've all been, they've searched it over the past year for all the adium. So, like, I don't know. Again, you, you think about, the bits and pieces of it, and it all sorts of starts to fall apart. And you can become a mistborn by eating some 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 gummy bears that you found in a cave. <laughs> That's all it takes. <sighs> I don't know if I have anything else to say. <laughs> I mean, what what do you? I know, like a uncharacteristically short episode. Who haven't who haven't we talked about? Did we talk about the mist spirit? You love the mist spirit. Everyone decides to keep things to themselves. Vin will never like. <laughs> I was I was almost stabbed by this mist spirit three times. I'm not gonna tell. I saw it again. I'm not gonna tell anyone about it. Danilo, just please, just tell me. Are there two? Is there a good mist spirit and an evil mist spirit, and we are seeing both of them, or is there one mist spirit? I will neither confirm nor deny. Okay, that makes you feel a lot better because it. That's a good example of something that if if there are two mist spirits. That makes sense, but there's never a hint that there is. It's just that there's one that's uh, a can't decide if he wants to be a, a nice guy or a fucking prick. And I just don't. I I I, I okay. So the first time she encounters the mist spirit, it like touches her and she falls off the roof, right? Yeah. And then the next time it's encountered is like from a distance, but uh, it has like a knife and it's gonna <laughs> kill Ellen. And then. Uh, I think that's like the third time because there, there's a second time she like sees it, and then the third oh, time sure, is sure, like sure. Ellen in the tent, and it's like gonna kill him or something. And then the next time uh, he's just like, "Hey, Ellen," <laughs> he's like, "What's up?" And then he's just like pointing to the mountains. He's like, "Those are fucking sweet, huh?" And Ellen's <laughs> like, "What are you talking about?" I just don't. It's just not. It's the same thing when he introduces like these slaves like being slaves, and it's like you need to keep reading to find out why that that's not true. And I'm like, how about you just don't say that to begin with. Or, or you insert a little bit of, like, literary stuff to be like, this may be what the people think, but it may not actually be true. You know, some, like, subtext or, I don't know. And that's not happening with the mist spirit. It's just very funny that there's never a hint that it's two of them, and you kind of just have to assume that, if that's what's happening. Because uh, otherwise, fuck, man, I would not listen to it. I gotta, I gotta save the spoilers from you because you need to have some reason to read the next one. Yeah. Well, I figure there is a, there is a good god and a bad god because uh, something is going on with the Alendi uh, stuff. I don't know. He's obviously not the first hero. What, what is it called? The Hero of Ages. <laughs> I thought Elend when they were going. There's like this moment in the book where Sazed 
Seiza and Vin come to the realization that Vin is the hero of ages. Mm-hmm. About a hundred pages later, Seiza comes to the realization that Vin is the hero of ages. Now, <laughs> you might be saying, what? And uh, that's because later, Seiza is looking over his notes again, and then suddenly comes to the realization he has already come to. And it's like, <laughs> no way! And it's just like... And this, when they were doing that, because they were doing it again, I was like, oh my god, it's not Vin. It's Ellen. And how cool is it for the hero to, like, not be magical? And it's this fucking schmuck. No, it's her. <laughs> no, it's her. And then, because think about this, right? What if it is Ellen, and then Vin realize It's the fucking uh, Blade Runner 2049, you know? Oh, yeah, He's yeah, like, yeah. It's the, Vin is like, oh my god, I'm not... And then there's, like, resentment and maybe a reason. Maybe that happens in the beginning of the book and then Zane is introduced and then there's, like, tension. There's a book that happens instead. Or then he's, like, then she's, like, super powerful Mistborn and Ellen's actually using her just for being a powerful Mistborn and she's not the Hero of Ages and she's like, what do I do with my life, you know? And he is because the Hero of Ages was described as being, like, somebody who is, like, this great leader that people look up to and... It's See, not that then. would require de- you deviating from your plot outline that you made before you started writing. Um, I don't know, man. I keep wanting to say the next one will be better, but... Don't even bother. No, I don't know. But it might, you know, who knows? Well, I'll be interested to see what we think at the end of the last one. And then we'll read the little novella that takes place during this same time from a different point of view. I'll leave it at that. Can you tell me whose point of view it is? No, that's a major spoiler. Oh, uh, we didn't talk about Marsh. He's evil now. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, that's so He's anime. Like, I'm sorry I have to do this. I don't know why, yeah, I but I must really, kill you. I thought it was really cringy when he just shows up and is like... And then, I don't know, Seizid can just uh, turn... He's like a Ben 10 Omnitrix and he can turn into <laughs> the forearms guy. <laughs> and he just beats the shit out of Marsh, and then he uh, gets really small, and then Ham sneaks up behind the guy you apparently can't sneak up behind, and brains him over the head with a stick. And, and they're just it's unconscious. Like, yeah. I don't know, like, aren't they supposed? Aren't the Steel Inquisitors supposed to be like this big? And just whack him with a two by four. Thong, yeah, you just sneak up behind him with a two the, by the, four. The, like the bird goes <laughs> around the head, and he falls. <laughs> and he's got a big like lump that grows out of his head. Yeah, Marsh is evil now, and, oh, and uh, the Steel Inquisitors were slaughtering all of the, um, whatever they're called, the Sazed people. Oh, yeah, the Terracemen. But, you know, as far as I'm concerned, Luthadel's the, I know there's a map, Luthadel's the only place that exists in the whole world. <laughs> yep. Because that's all, the only place, does the, uh... If they, ever, if they ever try to leave, I think it's a lot, if they ever try to leave, <laughs> like, within 30 minutes, they have to come straight back. <laughs> yeah, I could not believe that. So, in the book... Uh, says it lies and is like but he doesn't lie because Vin does hear the well of ascension to the north don't think about it don't think about it don't think about it (laughs) and then as soon Uh, as they leave he's like wait that wasn't from the she wasn't that's not from the mountains it's from in the city (laughs) yeah I don't know how you messed that up uh but anyway, they literally leave um, because says knows it's actually a moment I like where they're like we're gonna lie to Vin uh we're gonna lie to the person that can run really fast uh, but we're gonna lie to Vin and tell her that uh, we're just gonna give up the city and it'll be peaceful and they're gonna let us all live and it'll just it'll just go back to like thieving crews and stuff. And because she's stupid, she believes him and they Vin, Ellen, and Spook. Which oh god, when I when he was going with them, I was like, no, I don't want to read. No, please. So 
they leave and the city gets invaded and probably about 15 feet after they leave the city then spook is like i'm sorry i lied and then uh they turn around and save the day in the city so uh why did you leave the city at all uh you didn't have to actually here's the funny part because if she was Caesar's there like, it would have been over so fast well, no season is like here's some information i need you to deliver to the north and then they don't do it and they go back and so, like, says it's like, what about the fucking information? What if this didn't work and you didn't give them the 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 information, the studies that I learned, and I fucking died? And I'm like, I don't know, who cares? You didn't. I saved you. But this, there's this infamous part in the stand where I won't spoil it, but in, in the stand, uh, complete and uncut, because I'm sure we, I want to read it for this podcast <laughs> at one point. Uh, the stand, the complete and uncut, where for 400 pages nothing happens, and then a character leaves, and then comes back with the plot of the rest of the book like almost ver- like in the text of the novel that is what happens oh my god which is it's just hilarious and that's all i was thinking because like that is what i always imagine you don't want to do i always measure it up to that part of the stand or i'm like <laughs> what the fuck were you thinking with this part and that's what happens here they just leave and come back and, and like save the day and i'm like what <laughs> what do you why leave the fucking city it, she's she's vin obviously she's gonna win like yeah why it's ha- crazy oh my god man don't they know they're in a fantasy book they all have plot armor yeah well not all of them <laughs> so yeah, not the ones die. obviously don't have plot armor oh also vin interrogates a crippled man because she can't believe he's not magic <laughs> i was thinking i was thinking about like this like the scene of big lebowski where he's like this guy could walk this guy, that's literally what happens he like he like Sheely, <laughs> coming back to punching the dog, she picks yeah, up a, punching a dog. man who can't walk and basically just throws him against the fireplace. <laughs> and his son is like scared, and she's like, "Who have I become?" And then she leaves. Like Jesus Christ, lady. <laughs> <laughs> I was laughing so hard I couldn't believe she's like he's like fight me and then throws a man in a wheelchair out of his wheelchair <laughs> and the son he's like what are you doing <laughs> because Vin is convinced that Lord Set who is he, he's not in a wheelchair but he's in like a he, he can't something, use his legs yeah. uh, he's like carried around on like a palanquin or something uh but she's convinced he's Mistborn based on no information at all, and then uh, is shocked to find out he's not Mistborn, which is hilarious well, like, to me. Again, if it was written correctly, like that could have been like maybe we're on Vin's side, and Vin's getting cocky, and then she thinks this is true, and then does it, and is proved wrong, and there's some sort of consequences, and she's just like sad for five minutes, and then moves on with her life, you know. Yeah, she's a terrible main character. She is so boring uh, and uninteresting. And when she's not boring, completely like going off in 30 different directions that like make it impossible for you to care. Yeah, she doesn't have... She should not be the main character of the series. She should not be the main character of this book. This one is Ellen's book. Yeah. And I don't know why we try to... Uh, I don't know. Also, they didn't... I feel like they act like they found the ATM at the end, and I didn't really get that. I didn't think they did. Is it the, is it the stuff in the wall that makes him a Mistborn? I don't know. I don't think they found the ATM. But they found those magic pellets that can give you powers. Yeah. And they found a bunch of cans of food. <laughs> yeah. He... Well, you know what it is. You know, the Lord Ruler, he eats soup in the dark, and that's how he gains <laughs> his powers. <laughs> 
Hey, that's what he filled the well of ascension with was soup, and uh, Vin <laughs> fell for it like an idiot. Why is this so salty? <laughs> Stick your I head. Do. You must take the Campbells for yourself <laughs> and give it up. I, I like how. Uh, and good luck because it's double noodle. <laughs> I. I like how, uh, in my head, the Well of Ascension looked really cool, but in fact, it's a puddle in a dark room. I thought that was pretty cool. It's glowing, uh, that glows. Glow, I think. Yeah, that it's glows. Glowing. It does glow. But I don't know, man. That The Well of Ascension is stupid. It doesn't need to be in the book. It doesn't need to be a part of this to introduce that the bad guy is prisoned somewhere. I think it would have... It would have been cooler for him to be released the instant that the Lord Ruler died, and not this well. Of, not this. This is nothing. It is. I can't wait till we're done with the next one because it'll be interesting to see what you think of like all the different pieces and how they are used and communicated. It's with all this stuff. Since it is the last one, is do threads get completed? as the book goes on or is it seriously all in the like last 50 pages again i really think it's all last 50 pages again there's even some new threads and new character you know like the the inter book things there's stuff that happens and i think i was conflating like even stuff that happened the end of this book i thought had happened in the next one I also like how Brandon Sanderson realized he did not write that thing long enough. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, I was about to bring this up. I think the, the epigraph on uh, yeah. page, my copy, page 443 on chapter 47, is just like a random-ass sentence. Yeah. Like, Alendi yeah, did not think it was good. And then, like, the chapter yeah. starts. So, like, I literally wrote, running out of steam, huh? <laughs> yeah, yeah, he didn't make the rubbing at the beginning long enough to justify, and it keeps repeating. And I understand because the fucking rubbing—if you are etching something into metal, there are just words and phrases th- that are there written that you would not use because they're too long. Because you're literally cutting it into metal, <laughs> like it's yeah. so like Brandon Sanderson paragraph. Like if you're cutting into metal, you'd probably have a draft, short and sweet. You know, you'd cut out useless words and phrases, try to communicate things, but it's just so verbose. And like this guy chose to write all these fucking words into metal. He writes it in metal because metal can't be manipulated. Is that what he says? Is that the the evil the evil thing can't manipulate the words in metal? Which I mean, I just if that I if I swear to God, if the alavancy doesn't work against the big bad guy, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna not finish the book. It's also strange now that I'm thinking about it too, where it's like everyone's like, oh, it's a hard magic system. It's a hard magic system. There's all these rules, you know, and it's almost like a science, you know. But then there are some things that just are the way they are, you know, because the author says that's how they are. Like, I think if you're writing any sort of magic thing, like, that's going to be the case anyway. Like, oh, don't worry, metals in the body aren't affected, because if they are, that just opens up a whole other fucking can of worms, you know? But Vin can do it. Yeah, but Vin can do it. You know, it's, yeah, no, it's very, uh, people are like, it's watertight, and it's so, but it's like not, because then you can just be like, they can't read the things on metal. You know, yeah. It's also not because, I mean, yeah. Well, exactly, right? Like it, the big bad guy can't manipulate the. Wait a minute, I'm I'm confused. I meant to ask this way earlier. Did I, I just miss this? Did Seiza just not write down the last sentence the first time? No, I think he did. It just kept getting. It got changed. Right, but did it change it in his mind? Because he he never wrote down the. 
because he can't release what's freed in there. I don't. I don't think he because he because he took a rubbing of it, so he made the metal thing onto paper. And then he left. He didn't like read it. He just like read the first bit. Was like it's important and took a rubbing. Yeah. And then... Yep. 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 That's what happened. Oh. So the part that was oh so he never even read that bit to begin with because when he stored it in his metal mind it was gone. It was all yeah it was already changed because he put it on paper you know. I would have just if I'm this scary bad guy I crumple up the whole piece of paper I don't rip off the little bit because they they figured it out. There's no reason that the pa- the whole studying the book is called the what like I understand the characters need to come to the realization that they need to go there, but. It's like if you named a book like New York City and it's about people planning a vacation and they're like, where are we going to go? And they have no idea until the last 15 <laughs> pages they decide to go to New York City. It's like, I fucking know they're it's going It's all about there. them going grocery shopping for their big road trip while they're at their home in Indiana. You're like, yeah, why exactly. are we in Indiana? <laughs> yeah. I think this could be a good TV show. And it would need to be really heavily altered to the point where I think it would be unrecognizable if if you read this. Like, same character names and stuff, but it just doesn't... This doesn't work. This book does not work. No, yeah, it doesn't work. Well, and, like, the whole violence stuff is, like, yeah, you can gloss over some of that stuff in words and how you describe things. But, like, hey, when it comes down to cleaving Straff Venture and his horse in half with a sword, like... If you're going to show that, that's going to be fucking gory as anything you've seen on Game of Thrones. So, like, you know, don't complain when your adaptation that it's actually pretty violent. And people are constantly being, like, ripped through with coins. Like, I don't I don't know how you're going to avoid the violence. But using words that. that, like, he fell, they dropped, you know, like, that's it, you know. It's, it's, but it's a, it's so weird because it almost feels like he's catching himself because that happens and then like the next sentence is Vin exploded his head with her head and it's like what can we decide on a tone is the, it's so it's it's all over the fucking place it's the and that's I think like the afraid of the uninterested or afraid of the implications of his own decisions like if you want this to happen. Like, if you're a good writer, you're going to write it truthfully, right? Or you'd hope for that, you know? Or like, ooh, I, I've i created this world and I've stumbled on this idea that is kind of complicated and deep and potentially interesting that has potentially deep effects on the psyches and lives of these characters I've written. It you should, you, One would hope that an author would be like, it's my duty as an author now to deal with that stuff but you'd hope you'd hope but like nope nope we gotta ah that's kind of too that's getting too real now we gotta keep moving gotta keep moving with my plot outline i really i might i was thinking of doing this this weekend is like rereading the first five chapters of the way of kings just to be like am i i know because i'm having the thing like like if we're talking about like rereading stormlight i'm like i don't and i i think I think Stormlight is better, but I don't know how much. Well, I think they're, I think they're, you know, they're definitely slower, which means that he doesn't have to like blitz through to the next, you know, bullshit action scene. But I, I really feel like I'd also be interesting, but for your perspective, like, you know, knowing what happens 
is anything that happens interesting? I read this whole book knowing that Orser was the Kandra imposter. I read the whole book knowing, hey, whatever they were figuring out was going to be that this thing is changing the text. And those those sections of them trying to figure out were unreadable to me because it was just so boring and like, wait, but this thing doesn't say this thing. Hold on. Let me check this piece of paper. I'm going to reach over here and look at this piece of paper. What do you think this means that? And I'm like, Jesus Christ, which is like, I guess that's not strictly the book's fault, but like, I don't know if you don't, if you know what's going on, there's nothing else to grasp onto. Well, yeah, that's like a, the story that relies on its on its twists. That's why I, f- I feel like I'm thinking about The Way of Kings in a better light because it has a twist at the end. Um, I guess maybe it's not, a, it's not a twist. It's a reveal of who the Parchment are at the end of the first book. But there's no, as far as I'm remembering, in that first book, there are no, like, twists that would be painful to to read through it's just like characters need to come to realizations that i know are coming but i knew they were coming to them when i read it the first time like uh i mean kaladin thinks about killing himself probably about 16 times more than he should in that first book it's i remember reading that and being like fuck like he's back at the cave talking to that woman (laughs) i was like god damn it but i knew where he was going to end up and I and I remember well, I mean th- I'm describing it now is how you were describing Mistborn when we started reading it which is filling you with terror like <laughs> I remember thinking that the the crew his crew of bridge runners are cool and fun but if I go back and read this and I'm like oh my god they all fucking suck I'm going to lose my mind what well, I was I mean I remember reading those books and even towards the end like I'm, I've I've been getting lukewarm on all his little bridge pals. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I guess we'll see. But I don't want to do that for a long time because I need a Brand Sanderson detox. Oh, can we talk about what both of us uh, did halfway through reading this book? <laughs> we yeah. independently. This is what I did. About halfway through reading this book, I just could not bring myself to keep reading because I was like just dread dreading it and being bored and trying to grapple with all the have I ever been right about anything I've liked <laughs> thing that this <laughs> that this reading experience has instilled to me. And I literally read all of Crime and Punishment because I needed something that would give me some semblance of like meat on the bone in terms of like plot characters and i was having a grand old time i was like wow this is a page turner <laughs> that's good i uh same 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 thing in the middle of this book i don't think i was maybe clear uh enough danilo i was like i need something else so i i bought uh uh the Count of Monte Cristo. Um, <laughs> I bought a Wizard of Earthsea. I bought another Ursula K. Le Guin book. I bought um, oh, Paradito Street Station. Uh, and I bought a Star Wars novel. <laughs> like, like, like Legends novel. And started reading them all. Like just to absorb just all kinds of interesting ideas and topics and it's crazy a wizard of earthsea is like 90 pages it is for children the first like paragraph is instantly more arresting than anything (laughs) in either of these books so far 
I don't I don't understand the, the going back to what we were talking about before. I really don't get the goodwill. Like there's so much goodwill based on nothing. Yeah, I don't get it. Because this is how it started. I don't understand. There are there were other books around in 2006. Like there's nothing in these books that changed like the a Game of Thrones was like Listen, I don't think they're very good either, but they they're like the first one was like sexy and violent and gritty and it didn't have your fucking elves and dwarves, man. <laughs> it had boobies and swords. <laughs> so I can understand like why somebody who had been reading like, you know, Tolkien and Pratchett and however many other you know, fantasy authors with dwarves and whatever would look for something like that. There's nothing in Mistborn that is game changing in any way at all. I wonder, is, I think it, I honestly think it is the magic system. Like, in terms really? of something, I, I really think it, I think that's doing a lot of work. Because I think it did oh, a lot so of kind sad. of work for me, too. In terms of being like, oh, this is unlike anything in terms of like a magic thing that I've read. And I was like, I'll admit, I was sort of taken by it. I'm like, oh, this is cool. And sort of anytime it happened, it was interesting and novel. Um, and I think a lot of people have that part of it too. He's, I, th- I don't think Brandon Sanderson is like an author. Not, I don't mean to put you up. Like, I think he's a content creator, especially like, <laughs> especially now. Like, I think he was, this is why I think he's so popular That's now. That's awesome. It's because he was a content creator before there were content creators. He was just churning out stuff. That's he did true. this. He did Mistborn Era 2. He finished Wheel of Time. He started doing Stormlight Archive. And now that we're in this content creation world like he's making podcasts he's doing videos he's putting out deluxe editions of his books like he is like like the way of producing art in the world has sort of perfectly fit with how brandon sanderson works as a like creator and so it's amplified all this stuff like we were talking before, like one of the, like I think our first episode, I was like, I think he's so, part of the reason he's so successful is because his writing is super simple, that it's very easy to listen to an audiobook. And that's a way a lot of people read books is by listening to them on audiobooks. Well, I listen to uh, this book at two times speed <laughs> because you, that you can do that and be fine because you're not going to miss anything. Exactly. Exactly. I just don't. I maybe I'm just so not that person. Like, there's nothing. I love science fiction. That's really like this engine comes from the planet Trephlelia. <laughs> I love that stuff. But I I recognize that it's like schlocky and and bad. And that's almost like he's created like a schlocky bad like so- fantasy novel that is for whatever reason revered. And I don't know how much I think it'd be interesting to revisit Stormlight because I think a lot of people say I think people say they like Mistborn and then as soon as they're pressed on like you know I read it wasn't that bad it's like okay well maybe it wasn't that good but Stormlight's where it's actually at you know yeah I just don't think if this didn't have like the press and the allure around it uh, I would find this in a uh, in a indie bookstore, I would buy it and read it and love it because it's so terrible. But I've been led to believe it's like the fucking second coming of fantasy well, I think literature. It, and it is. It's like pulp. 
Like it's basically pulp, and I, that people pretend is not because I don't know. Because he puts out, because he puts out deluxe deluxe editions on Kickstarter. Yeah, I can't. I can't imagine what I what I what I wouldn't do to get my hands on a uh, signed copy of Mistborn, uh, the first novel. I would do anything for that. Well, and I read these, and then people are like, you know, maybe the first trilogy is not that good, but the second trilogy is where it's at. I listened to the audio, one audiobook of that. I'm like, I can't, I can't even do this. It's just, I yeah, I don't know. I don't know, man. Is it a? Uh, is it? Are there two heist planning uh, scenes in the first book? I mean, there are train heists. I think. <laughs> oh, that's cool. Yeah, because it's like. But see, that's the thing. Because it's like steampunk. Like... There's guns and like oh metal bent, like sort of metal bending with bullets. Like that's cool. That's cool. It's cool. But that's that's the thing. It's like there's Mistborn sounds cool, but it feels bad. <laughs> it's like eating uh, Taco Bell breakfast. You know, it sounds like a good <laughs> idea, but it will kill you. You will die if you. Or eat like it. reading these books, like right before I went to bed, I'm like, oh, I'm having a grand old time. And now we're right we're talking about doing a podcast. Like, so what is going on here? I'm like, I don't, I don't know, man. But now I'm looking back. Now you, now that you're making me think about that audiobook I listened to. I'm like, oh, I, I kind of like that, I think. Like, there were some parts that were, like, you know, kind of the cringy Brandon Sanderson humor. But, like, some of the characters, I'm like, but I'm like, am I just doing it to myself again? I don't know. Man, I don't know how many things I've ever enjoyed that are actually bad. And uh, <laughs> to go back and do them. I mean, I think this podcast will be very interesting to see. I'll just completely, like, we'll read The Lord of the Rings and I'll be like, these are fucking terrible. <laughs> I, I think I'll die. I think if that happens, I will never read another book again, but... I'm pretty sure they're good. I'm pretty sure. That's why I think I needed, like, you know, we both went to other books to, like, level set. Because there's so much, like, weirdness. And then, like, the whole culture around this author and these books and his output is just so, like, what planet am I on? Yeah, it's weird. Where, like, the rules of normal society and sense have been suspended. (laughs) So you like you need to go somewhere else to like level set. It's very strange. Just why him? Why him? Why did we all choose him? Well, and then everyone. I think part of it too is like everyone loves these books so much, and that everyone who does it is like, I guess it's not for me, and moves on. You know, we're in a weird situation where I think no one is. No one who has such a strong negative reaction to these has continued on and have to like reckon <laughs> with them. You know? Yeah. Like, because I liked them enough the first time. I'm like, oh, I'm a Brandon Sanderson fan, you know? But now I'm like, I don't know, man. I'll be interested. I would love to read his children's book. If he, if he, or did, has he? Or to write like a... He has some YA ones. Yeah, like an explicitly young adult fantasy novel. So we don't have to do this tonal whiplash of they're fucking destroying people's heads and stuff. But every once in a while, it's just, you know, they fell over and they died. <laughs> I don't, I don't I don't get it man. I'm not saying books need violence, but they need to have I don't know stuff on the pages. But they need to have stakes too. Like, you know, there's no violence in these books, but like something could happen or some information was revealed that has a deep effect on the character. Oh, can we talk about this too? Like at the end of the book, Sezed reads all the stuff that like the prophecies are wrong and then the the line after it is like Sezid knew he would never believe, like, all his faith ended there. And, like, I think the first time I read it, that was fine. But for some reason this time around, that did not work for me at all. I don't know how you felt about it. 
Yeah, well, it's it's weird that that's what shakes him. Like, presumably, he's found contradictory stuff in prophecy and religion before. Right, because I'm like, aren't you subscribed? Don't you subscribe to the fact that all religions are sort of already true and you have a bunch of them and you don't really believe one of them, but you believe there's some truth in all of them? So, like, why would a piece of paper being wrong totally eradicate your belief in anything? It's, it's, it's also that Tindwell dies. That's also why. But, but like, wouldn't that... There's Caesar has never been somebody who's been struggling with this, so just suddenly it's over. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's not introduced to us as somebody who he would be way more interesting if he was a keeper of these religions and he hated it and like this was the final straw. But that's not it. He's completely bought in. And clubs and him have a conversation. It's a good conversation. It's like one of the only good character moments in the whole book where clubs is like fuck you man like you just believe whatever and clubs has such a cool line it's the best line in the whole book because he's right and it comes true where they're talking about religion and he's like whatever i have to go get these boys ready to die yeah and then he leaves and i'm like where is this the rest of the book that's so good like and so interesting yeah these are all these like one-off things you're like you approach something interesting and deep but like nope gotta keep moving on yeah and it doesn't man who would have thought Clubs was going to end up being my favorite member of the crew? <laughs> he, just because he's not annoying, it's like the Elland problem of the last time. We don't get any POV section, so he can't be ruined for us. And I don't think Elland is ruined in this book. I, I think... I think I'm still on Team Elland. I mean, he's an idiot, right? And he is like the god emperor or whatever. <laughs> who cares? Which is dumb. Uh, well, that's the thing is like the less you give characters to do, the more... <laughs> you end up liking them like they just need one good scene and we get so much of vin like the more we get of vin the more i don't like her and the more it doesn't work just do star wars just have the vin is luke uh and and then just fill in the crew as the fucking rest of them as like han and just do that because when they are doing that and they're just kind of like uh i'm i guess i'm just talking about the first uh, a New Hope, because that's pretty schlocky sci-fi, it intended to be like the 30 serials where everybody's like a one-note character. That that changes, obviously, in the next two movies. But in the first movie, I don't understand why he wants to have his cake and eat it, too, because just just have that book where the good guys are good and the bad guys are bad and they fight it out and then just focus all on the stuff you're good at which is the clear action scenes and you can make them better and more interesting and fun i don't we don't need these moral dilemmas because you can't do it because you live in a world without them because you're so bought in to the fucking LDS church because you have you like he stumbles on these moral dilemmas and they're one sentence and then we're moving on, you know? He can't do it because, like, that's what the Wired article points out. I don't subscribe to the idea that, like, artists need to be tortured and, like, depressed and stuff. I think that's dumb as hell. You could be a perfectly happy, totally well-adjusted person and do good work. But Brandon Sanderson, uh, at, at least to his own admission in that article or something, has never had to deal with any... It almost sounds like anything at all. Like, he's never had to face adversity. <laughs> Well, and and not even crisis, but just like, it seems like a lack of curiosity. Like, it's either like not seeing that there's somewhere to go or not wanting to go there. And like, both of those aren't good if you're like a writer. I don't know who who purports to be writing about the human experience. 
you're like, ooh, I like characters and the human experience. I want to create, make people feel things, but like, oh, but not too much, you know, because then it gets uncomfortable and I'm going to have to deal with some stuff. So we're just going to kind of leave it all where it's all safe. Like, why did he, why write this book? Like, we, Danilo, you and I have created things and presented them in a in a public way. And there's, like, there's a reason. The reason is not just, like, oh, we wanted to do it. There's, like, an undercurrent of, like, no, there's a theme here or... or there's a, something you want to say. And, like, if you come across something that, like, oh, that's really juicy, let's dig into that. Not, that's really juicy... It's making me uncomfortable. Let's avoid it. <laughs> yeah, because there's no... I don't understand the the impetus to create work for the sake of having it be created. And that really feels like what's happening here. That's what I'm saying. It feels like content creation. Yeah, it's just a vlog. It's like a Logan Paul vlog. <laughs> it's just there because it had to be there because it's Tuesday and the vlogs come out on Tuesday. And some parts are cool... And that's enough to justify it. Well, yeah, it's like there's fucking... Do you do you know who Casey Neistat is? Do you remember him? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was like a... So, he, yeah, he would just be like, I took a fifth, like a $100,000 United uh, Emirates flight and here's my flight vlog. And you watch it and it's like vapid and, and, it, and it's not really entertaining, but it's like, wow, look at this fucking plane, you know? <laughs> you just watch yeah. it. It's like something everybody watched. That feels like this. Like, there's nothing there. Yeah. Like, none of these people... If we, man, like if we didn't have to talk about this, if I still had to read these books for whatever reason, they were going to kill my family, <laughs> but I, we didn't have to talk about it in depth, I couldn't tell you, I would not be able to tell you what happened. I was trying to explain it to my partner mm -hmm. and I just, I couldn't, she was like, she was like, so what's the magic? I was like, well, it's like, uh, I don't know, they got metal and uh, they cast metal Well, and spells. then the parts you remember are the parts that are cool. So when you describe it, people are like, oh, that sounds cool. Or the parts that you remember are like, the, ooh, that's a good twist. So people are like, oh, that has a good twist. It must be good. And like, I think that's how I was explaining these to you when we were talking about them. We're like, oh, I don't remember much from the second one, but I remember there's like some moments that are cool and like I like them and like it all sort of pays off in the end, I remember sort of, you know. This book ends the exact same way in the exact same place the other one. We there nothing has happened. They're starting a fledgling government and barely being able to survive. In the Seriously. same city. Yes, in the same city. With Just some like, external think about that. Even if you, if you like this book and you disagree with everything I've said, I can't believe you're still listening, but <laughs> if you are, just it is, it is an objective fact that at the beginning of this book, they are a fledgling government trying to start uh, dealing with the oppressive forces of their world. This book ends. They have a fledgling government they're trying to start, and there's new oppressive forces of the world, and I guess they're emperor and empress now. No, but see, it's different because he was king, but now he's emperor, so there's progression. Yeah, and he thought that was good. He's going to call it the the fi the final empire too. And that's what I mean. We've been talking about this for a while, and that be see it'd be easier if it was just straight up bad or tropey or schlocky. But it's like the, it's just the weirdness of like it's what's so in there, what's not in there, what's said, what's not said, people's reactions to it, what the reading experience is like, what people remember, what a reread is like. It's just so strange. What a terrible book. It's crazy. <laughs> All I know is in the third book, 
uh, s- there's a lot of spook POV. Oh, there's a there's a lot of spook POV, <laughs> which I really am not looking forward to. See, here's the thing: I remember liking it, but now I don't know. Well, maybe it really does all come together in a satisfying way, but that's not going to retroactively excuse the bullshit. It, it, it's so out of points of comparison for me because it, it's not like I'm not trying to compare two bad things. This book is bizarre. Yeah, and it's, it's bizarre because of not just because of the content in it, because of the person who wrote it and their like their worldview. And that's what I'm saying. This is my thesis. This is my thesis. Brandon Sanderson is a Mormon. Like that is like explains more than I think we know. Because I was also thinking about like as a work of literature, like what, like knowing this series and knowing Stormlight Archive, like what, how could we investigate it like by comparing it to other literature and like try to come up with some like knowledge or ideas from it and i really think like i did some a little bit of digging and research i think it's you read the book of mormon and immerse yourself in like mormon mythology and theology and then (laughs) and then you look at these books and stormlight archive too and then you sort of see what is there because like there's such a weird obsession with like a slave class or a slave race. It's so like weird. Like in this book and in Stormlight Archive. Yep. And like I stumbled across a little interesting article that literally compared the Mormon worldview about like spirit and thought and nate and physical reality that maps quite nicely onto the world of Stormlight Archive. And so it's very interesting huh. when like Sanderson calls himself and people call himself like a Mormon Tolkien the way Tolkien took like Christian mythology and turned them into fantasy books is I frankly think what Sanderson explicitly is doing with Mormon theology and fantasy books which will be interesting once we've read more of the oeuvre to see especially we can even talk about it after the next book how that all sort of comes together and coalesces that's an interesting. The Mormon Tolkien is 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 interesting because the the difference between here's the difference between. Uh, hang on, let me make sure I get this right. The difference between uh, Tolkien and Sanderson. <laughs> it's actually kind oh, of interesting. Right. We're going to be reading these back to back too. I'm yeah. I'm looking forward to it. Tolkien, uh, Brandon Sanderson, a prof- uh, a creative writing professor at Brigham Young University. Tolkien, literature professor at Oxford. So there's a... There, so there's kind of... I don't know. There's a, maybe a little disparity there based on the... Uh, the the Also, but the, here's the thing, right? Oh, my God. You just kind of opened up my mind when you said the See, this Mormon is why Tolkien. I've been going crazy. This is why my thesis is Brandon Sanderson is a Mormon. Because, <laughs> okay... We're going to talk about the Lord of the Rings, but that's next. Uh, but I just, just to talk about it right now, Tolkien served in World War One, and that's a very important thing when talking about the books because the, a, a huge part, maybe not the Hobbit, but a huge part of the Lord of the Rings is the loss of innocence in overcoming just like 
the war can you imagine taking the ring to mordor <laughs> that's <laughs> no. just fucking insane that he that frodo and the crew managed to do that but like that is the the driving force of these books and about how like no innocence and friendship and bravery and like this childlike wonder are what is going to like save the day in the end because spoiler alert they do destroy the ring at the end of the and Lord that's of the like a point of view to have about your story and and, and, you know, the books are flowery, and I understand that people don't might not necessarily like reading them, but I have not yet encountered a human being who doesn't like the story right. in them. Like, they've at least seen the movies and are like, oh, I like I know people who fucking hate fantasy who have seen The Lord of the Rings and are like, oh, this is good. And I'm like, yes, I know. Thank you. But this is different because it, it doesn't get mapped on so cleanly because there are, like, he... Tolkien is not a morally gray author, and he's not pretending to be. I mean, there are gray characters in them, Boromir, and, uh, well, I guess they're all related, coincidentally, now that I'm thinking about it, but, uh, uh, you know, Boromir in the first book, famously morally gray character. It's not, it's because he's being corrupted magically, sure, but, you know, whatever. Well, at the end of the day, it is good versus evil, right? Right, like, right. It, it explicitly good versus evil. It's a huge dark cloud of evil versus essentially Jesus Christ <laughs> in Gandalf. Uh, and in this book, there there is that. There's like the hero, even though it's not the hero, but whatever. There's plot. There's the hero. It's Vin. She's the ultimate good guy. But no, she's not the ultimate good guy because she killed all these people and she threatened that cripple. But then there's no next step and then analyzing that maybe she's not the good guy because the book ends and she's the good guy like there's no there is no altering of the theme that's set up in the beginning it's just we're still gonna do this there just needs to be three books because i didn't buy all these fucking sticky notes for no reason i made the plot outline so <laughs> nope, it has to stick because to that. and it because it's 2006 and tolkien did this already so like they have to be morally great right right there's 21 there's 11 Steel Inquisitor or wait there's 21 Steel Inquisitors and not 9 Ring Raids that's the difference <laughs> that is the difference also what if they killed Sauron, Sauron in the first book oh my and shut then, up and you then, fucking uh, nerd and then Frodo died or whatever yeah, <laughs> or Aragorn died yeah. that would have been the yeah, thing exactly. right yeah, 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 yeah. That, that is what it would be if like Aragorn or Gandalf died, and then oh, wait, Frodo Gandalf had to does do die it in the first one, right? Yeah. Oh, well, yeah, he does. But yeah, yeah, he does. He does. <laughs> Never mind. Fuck. <laughs> oh my god. Kelsier's <laughs> Gandalf. And they have to learn. Like, I just don't understand his obsession with this. You have no idea how the world works. <laughs> Why are you writing about starting the government? Yeah, yeah like, right. There's there's nothing here that's relatable at all. He wants me to relate to the kings and the nobles. This is something I have seen, like, even fans criticize. is like, the first book ends and their grand plan is to give the nobles all the power again, which is insane. But, but there's no... There's no recontext... We talked about this last time. I know we did, because I got just as angry. There's no recontextualization of, like, what it means to be nobility. It's it's literally the same dudes. It's just now there's a king and not an emperor. Well, and then, but, okay, write that, ugh. like, also, fine. Write that book. Yeah, write that also, book. But also, you have to deal with the implications of what that means. Like, you're then you're saying something about 
power and continuity when it is the same dudes and they have to deal with that but it's not interested in that in the slightest it's so it's crazy i'm glad this book drove you as crazy as it drove me because it has driven me yeah crazy. i couldn't i couldn't believe it oh man i can't wait for the third one i yeah i can't wait till we're done with it so that we can talk about everything as a whole because i think we've touched on some points that will be relevant or more fruitful to talk about once we know about this whole story right because you mentioned like the canned food is gonna come back but i don't give a fuck about that like why can't it be or or, i i just don't maybe i would if everything else was interesting that like that minute of a detail would really stick out to me and i'd be like oh i'm excited to learn about because that's like a plot thing that keeps it moving forward but like you know i would find a lot of plot is like, you know, it happens so that you can see these characters you know go through it, right? But, like, why would you care about what happens if you don't care about the people going through it? Or if you know that no matter what happens, the people are going to be basically fine. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Everybody's going to be fine. I guess I guess in the third book, Ellen or Vin might die. But I have no reason to believe that the bad guys are going to win. The, the the worst case scenario is like at the end of this book's where they die bloodless deaths after somewhat fleshed out character moments. That's my prediction. Here's my third book prediction. Right, we need to we need to wrap this up. So Mac, hit us with your predictions and then we'll be done. And I will never read this book again, but I will probably be thinking <laughs> about it for the rest of my life. Yep. Third book predictions. Um there are two missed spirits. There, one of them is the embodiment of the of uh, God, and the other one is the Mormon devil. Uh, Vin dies. Uh, here, okay, Vin dies. Ham survives. Bree survives, even though he's crazy. Says it dies. Ellen survives. Those are my character predictions. Spook, I don't care. I seriously don't care. I don't care. He could not appear in the next book and they never bring it up and I'd be totally fine. Okay, let's finish on. What do you think is going to happen with the cans? I think that there's going to be a little mole man who's going to come out of the walls and be like, what are you doing? And then, like the whole plot, because somebody's going to get hungry and start eating it and then the whole book is going to change. It's going to be about this guy <laughs> and his food. My food! <laughs> my cans! <laughs> don't eat my cans! <laughs> <laughs> yep. No, but then it's gonna totally gloss over that, and then we're never gonna hear about it again. <laughs> it'll be no, it'll be in the epilogue, and like in the mole man returned in his cans and his hands. I'm like, whoa, no! What about the mole man? And the mole man went to the well of ascension, and he kept <laughs> <No>! the power. <laughs> and suddenly, Luthadel was full of cans. It felt everybody turned into cans. <laughs> Uh, that would be awesome. It would be crazy if it just took like a crazy disc world Terry Pratchett <laughs> left turn in the third book. That'd be awesome. <laughs>